The views expressed on the following program are designed to amplify those of the speaker and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors. Hello, everybody! What's coming up on today's experience? Devotional Diamonds of the Day, also known as DDDs, where my daily devotions become some of our spiritual reflections. Sound effects placed throughout the show which have nothing to do with life. Or do they? Hmm. The review of the goofy news which proves Jesus is coming back sooner than you think. Hopefully, before this show's over, life lessons for our faith that we can actually use if we decide to actually use them. Then we would be users and not just hearers. We'd be doers and not just hearers. Sometimes you got to get your hands going, not just your ears flapping. Humor that will force you to think, why does this guy have a radio show? I don't know. That's my answer. Also, Bible trivia for fake and yet somehow real cool prizes, your phone calls, and more. Living this life, not always easy. Oh, welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. My name is David Spoon, I will be your host for the next 5,400 seconds. Get ready for one of the more bizarre experiences on live radio. Here is the key to the show. We don't know what we're doing. We have no idea what's going to happen, and we don't care. But for the next few minutes, I want to talk faith with you. So here we go. We're asking questions about living life as a Christian. That process where you make a petition before the Lord. You pray. You seek the Lord. And sometimes you get a yes, and sometimes you get a no, and sometimes you get a hold, please. Isn't that fun? Hold, please. I love that when I talk to a big corporation. They go, thanks for calling. Hold, please. (laughs) So much fun. Anyway, if you're going through that or if you're going through the ups, which is a good time to, uh, to encourage others, or the downs, which is a good time to be encouraged by others. If you have a thought, an opinion, a comment, a question, don't let it die of loneliness. If you have a prayer request or if you have a praise report, reach out to us and let us know. Call 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you call 972-445-0770, Captain Chris will answer the phone and then you will be... Come on, it just sounds nice and you know it. You can text us at 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. You can also email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org as well. We encourage you to go to the website. Multiple reasons to go to the website. One is the Spoonanity app. I know, it's silly, but if you put it on your phone and you're not by a radio or not by the internet for whatever reason, you can just click on the app. You just click one button and boom, it's 
access to the show live. It's like, that's nice and doesn't take up a lot of space and uh, doesn't cost you anything. So those are all good things. Don't hesitate to check it out. Plus, there's audio and video on the site to encourage you. Check out hemustincrease.org. Website, he must increase.org, he must increase.org. Email David at he must increase.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. All right, a couple of things I do want to tell you right off the bat. Do not uh, hesitate to check out the website because I did forget there's a kind of a weird schedule for the show next week, and I put that up on the website plus the following week. As you know, there'll be Christmas and New Year's, and then we have a, a one day that we are being uh, – what's that word where they, they supplement you? What is that called? Preempted. Huh? Preempted. It's like preempted. It just sounds so devastating. You've been preempted. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Luke, I am your father. You have been preempted. Or something like that. You know, so it's just weird. Anyhow, check out the website so you can see the schedule. Uh, then the other thing to tell you, which I think is kind of cool, is that Noelle was, told me yesterday she's feeling like tons better altogether. So I'm really happy about that. And what's really amazing about this is I know that prayer had something to do with it because she didn't let up a single day of work or activity. So it wasn't like she just worked it out. You know, it's like I think that just grace was given to her. And, uh, you know, we just need as much grace with one another, for one another, towards one another, from the Lord as we can uh, petition for okay okay that's that that's that let's see i got a couple other things i do got to cover but i'll make it really fast as you know we finished the book of colossians yesterday so i'm trying to figure out whether i want to do james philemon or first timothy or something else like ecclesiastes or something like that ecclesiastes is fun because it's really from the perspective of somebody who's just burnt to a crisp. So it's wonderful to, to, to read it. You go, oh, I can relate to that. I know what that means. I get that. Anyhow. Uh, so you guys uh, can text in or share what your opinion is. I'm not going to uh, knock down the doors for that one because ultimately I'm just going to have to go with the flow. But I love hearing people's input. That helps me in my prayer time. Let's go back to our most wonderful first book in the New Testament, gospel written to the Jewish people, to the Jew first and then to the Gentiles, what Romans 1.16 says. And here it is, Matthew, 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 chapter 5, and we are picking it up at verse 15. Remember we talked about last week that you are a light of the world, and a city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. We did point out that's an individualistic approach, not really a nation approach, but that doesn't mean it doesn't have some application for us being examples. Here's verse 15. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Well, we hope not. (laughs) But rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, okay, so see, he gives a picture, right? And then he's connecting our actions, Jesus is, to the picture. Like, okay, here's the picture, and here's the connection. So he says, you know, you got a lamp, right? You have it in your house, right? You typically, and for for them, it wasn't an electricity lamp, so I think we should all kind of get that going. But you wouldn't put it under a, a covering, number one, it would burn up. And then number two, it doesn't do any good. And so Jesus used that, uses that illustration to say, in the same way, let your light 
shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father. Now, there's a couple of things that go wrong with this and people that are not maybe well-balanced in the framework of Scripture. They say, see, we got to just show, 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 good works, good works, good works. First of all, when a passage says something like this, people take it in this overly general capacity, and you got to be careful doing that. Jesus is talking to individuals, and what he's saying is your works, the good things that you're doing, do them so that people can see them and they can thank God for them. What that means is that the people that are doing the good works are doing them to people that need help. This is not about you doing a good work and somebody in, you're in Texas and somebody in Connecticut goes, look at that great work that Captain Chris did. Glory to God, glory to God. They don't know what he did. They're in Connecticut. Don't you understand? This is what people can see. They're closely connected, and they're giving thanks and praise because of the cool things that you and I are doing for them and with them, and they give God honor because somebody has come in and stepped in and helped. That's what Jesus is talking about. Don't make this more complex than it is. This isn't about a salvation by works. This isn't about this, that, or whatever. This is simply about you doing great things towards others in the name of Jesus Christ, and those people are blessed by what you do, and what you do encourages them and gives them a hope and a witness towards the Lord, and they give glory to God Almighty. Because you are, you know, we do this in our DNA. You are, at that point, a willing vessel to be a blessing. What I want to make sure you understand is this is not some corporate uh, approach. This is not you doing good works and then it goes up on a stage and then everybody, you know, puts a spotlight on it. This is for people who you are helping. They can see what you're doing because you're helping them. And so what we do is we make this a corporate approach, and it's an individualistic approach. We've already determined that when Jesus said, you are the light, okay, you. And then he says, in the same way, let your light shine before others, and they can see your good works, and then give glory to God, glory to the Father, because of the good things you're doing. That's how you shine your light. You ever heard that song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. That doesn't mean that everywhere you go, you take a flashlight and you put it on the side of your head and go, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Okay, that's not what it's talking about. Now, I know there's some people that think that. <laughs> but I promise you, that's not what it's talking about. It's so that people can see it, and the people that can see it are the people that you're doing it to. You're helping them. You're blessing them. You're encouraging them. Have you ever had, and I've had this happen to me, have you ever had somebody come to, not come to your rescue per se, but a little bit like, oh man, I really need help. And then somebody arrives and gives you help and you're like, oh, thank God. That's it. You're, you just got it. There it is. Only you do it in the name of Jesus. Oh, I'm doing this because I love the Lord and I want to honor him. And they're like, oh man, that is awesome. What great quality. What a great quality that demonstrates to people. You're not using it to boast. You're using it to communicate. Remember, you're a light, and a lot of these people are in darkness. And they don't want to stay in darkness. Some people do. I mean, I'm not going to deny that. But most people are looking for the light, right?
They're looking for something. You're that something. By being a blessing, you bring glory and honor to God, and you bless those people, and they know that there is love in you for them. Well, that's good, right? Okay. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame. It may be false, but it feels the same. What is the David Spoon experience, you say? I'll put it to you like this. Do you love a good joke that's pretty bad? What do you call an animal that doesn't practice what it preaches? A hippocritopotamus. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Do you love being able to ask questions, comments, or having someone to pray for you? If you have an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question, we don't want it to die of loneliness. We want it to have a chance. And last but not least, do you love some trivia? All right, we got our trivia question. Uh, who made clothes out of leaves that were sewed together? Somebody want to answer the trivia question? Oh, okay, hold on. Hold on. Here you go. This is David. Who am I talking to? We're talking to Mary. This is Al. This is Brother Ace. This is Eric. This is Deborah. Now, if that doesn't make you curious, maybe you should tune in and check it out for yourself. Think of me as the big brother that won't go away. <laughs> That's me. Tune in to the David Spoon Experience weekdays at 1.30 p.m. on 770 KAAM. The David Spoon Experience. Again, Dr. Robert Jeffress. Doctor, are you there with us? I'm here with you, David. Oh, I'm so glad that you're here. I got to ask you this question. I'm, 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 you know, I, I get a little fiery, especially when uh, Christians are being accused of things that are uh, false, and that happens all the time, especially in the media. And I think you're, if you remember our very first time we ever talked, I told you how impressed I was with you that you were able to keep your uh, spirit steady. <laughs> well, I appreciate that so much. You're a good friend. Uh, I, I appreciate that. Here's the thing that drives me absolutely batty, which is where I need your help now. Uh, I understand this uh, situation with uh, with Tim Tebow. He was going to do a dedication for you. He got a lot of pressure, apparently, from the media. The media accused you of being uh, uh, homophobic and anti-Semitic, which for me, I mean... It was, it was, I guess when I first heard it, I was overwhelmed. First of all, anti-Semitic is a person who discriminates against or is prejudiced or hostile towards Jews. You've been on my show. Now, this is three time, and I'm as Jewish as they come. Yeah, well, David, I mean, the charge of anti-Semitic comes from saying that everyone, including Jews, must trust in Christ in order to go to heaven. Uh, that is hardly anti-Semitic. In fact, I have a Jewish friend in New York who called me this week. She's not a Christian, but she said, I don't understand all of this, said, I don't believe in the New Testament, but you do. You're simply saying what the New Testament says. And, you know, David, we've said before, you know, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And I remind people, Jesus was not a Southern Baptist evangelist. He was a Jewish rabbi. And yet you look at what he said, what the Apostle Paul said, the Apostle Peter. Here are the three most prominent men of the New Testament, every one of them a devout Jew, and yet they said there's one way to God, and that's through faith in Christ. That is not anti-Semitic. Oh, wow. 
Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMN 770, the truth station here in Texas. Here comes your first Bible trivia question. What happened? Uh Uh-oh. What happened when Elijah struck the waters of the River Jordan with his cloak? What happened when Elijah struck the waters of the River Jordan with his cloak? If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. Then you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Joy, Ann, and Cordelia nailing it earlier. Yesterday's call with Cordelia was fantastic. Great job, by the way, Cordelia. Uh, Let's do our DNA. Uh, real quickly, it's real simple. D, draw closer to the Lord. Daily. Daily. That doesn't mean weekly. It doesn't mean every Sunday morning. That's not what it means. And never be ashamed of Jesus or his words. Never be ashamed of what Jesus had to say. And then A, always be ready. To serve. To serve, which is exactly what we were talking about in that Matthew part, where you are a vessel as a blessing for God to others, and then they may see that in their lives, and oh my, that brings glory to God. Now, isn't that good? No, is that bad? That's a good thing. Of course it's a good thing. All right, um, two things, and then I'll get to the text. One, don't forget the trivia question. (laughs) What happened when Elijah struck the waters of the River Jordan with his cloak? What happened? What happened? What happened? 972-445-0770. And then also you can text in 214-210-8483 or send an email, David, at hemustincrease.org. I am going to take just about 60 seconds to comment on the tornadoes that took place in Kentucky. I just don't want anybody to get the wrong idea. Uh, there's a lot of people. I'm just going to lay it out. You can disagree with me. I will still love you. I think it's fantastic. Why did tornadoes hit the Bible Belt? The reason that tornadoes hit the Bible Belt and everywhere else on the planet is because when sin entered into the planet, it corrupted nature. All you got to do is read Romans chapter 1 and Romans chapter 8, and you'll go, oh, oh, because it tells you that sin messed the whole thing up. That's number one. Number two, in the life of Jesus with the disciples, there was a significant storm probably a typhoon type of storm because it was on the waters and nobody said anything about that because it was there. They were all in the perfect will of God and God was in the boat and it still happened. That's number two. And number three, climate change did not create the tornado, nor did climate change invent the tornado because Elijah went up in a tornado about 3,000 years earlier or 2,000 years earlier. So it's just like, uh, what is wrong with you? (laughs) Now what we have is instant news, instant records. And so everything seems much more intense, but that's only because cable news is trying to make it that way so they can make money. So don't be ridiculous. It's like, they never had tornadoes before. What? (laughs) Really? (laughs) They were just invented this last year. Always good to know, right? All right. Again, the trivia question. I'm just moving on <laughs> again. The trivia question. People are like, going, what did you just say? Uh, what happened when Elijah struck the waters of the River Jordan with his cloak? If you think you know the answer, reach out to us, 972-445-0770 or 214-210-8483 or he, David, he must increase dot org here. Uh, the, why, the reason I brought that up is somebody asked. It's like, it's not, doesn't have anything to do with the Bible belt or anything. It's just... 
The, the, the corruption of Nate is all started because of sin, folks. That's exactly what Scripture says. It's just, you're not going to change that. It's never going to change until the full redemption takes place. All right, now let's go back to what Jesus said. We just finished talking about good works that are done to people specifically so that they can be blessed and then glorify God because of that. That's cool. Then Jesus goes on to say this. This is Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. Don't think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. One of the biggest problems that people have when they get stuck in script, certain scriptures is, there. first of all, there is more than one definition of the law. There is the natural law, the law that everybody's going to die if they sin. That goes back to Genesis. But then there was the law given through Moses, and that was the, the more the Levitical law. And so there's a series of laws that we understand that God has brought about uh, uh, for humanity. And the first law that was given was don't eat the fruit. And they're like, okay, that one got busted. So I just want you to understand that there's a there's a— a multiplicity when you have that application. James was talking about one thing while Paul often is talking about another. Here's the other part about that. Jesus didn't come to say, you know what? That law, forget that stuff. Law, I'm not paying attention to that. In fact, Jesus made it worse. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. You're like going, what do you mean Jesus made it worse? Well, Technically, he made it worse. Remember, he said, you have heard it said, but then I say, and we're going to get into all of this and all these different things. But he took adultery from an outside act to an inside sin. So what he did was he said, you know how in the law it says don't commit adultery? Everybody's going, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Jesus said, well, if you in your heart do that, it's the same in the mind of God. You've already committed the sin. That was making the law worse because like now it's even worse than before. It makes it even more clear that we're not going to fulfill it. We're not going to hold it perfectly. We're not going to do it right. And that's the intent and what people miss. The law, according to the book of Galatians and according to the book of Romans, points us to Jesus. The law is our tutor. Do you ever have a tutor? I had a tutor. I had a tutor when I was doing my Haftorah. And uh, the Haftorah is what you read in Hebrew. And we had a tutor come in. And the main reason is because my parents didn't want to be embarrassed. So, I mean, you know, I got up there. And the guy helped me go through my Haftorah. Helped me make sure I can understand it and read it. And da-da-da-da-da. Okay, that led me to my bar mitzvah. Which, of course, then led me to getting checks, which I never deserved but used to buy a car. Here's the bottom line. Jesus is the culmination of where the law points to. And he said, I have not come to abolish the law. I'm, I'm the one that's going to fulfill it. And the first question you might say was, how did he fulfill it? Well, he was the first one to actually obey every element in the law. That's number one. He was the first one not to sin based on the standard of the law. That's number two. But here's the big one. Number three, he was also the first person to die contrary to the law. And that's what broke the power of the law. See, this is like, oh, this is actually quite judicial. It's like Jesus came, didn't sin, still died. That's called getting hosed. And then what he did was he sued. Okay, got that. 
So he sued, saying everybody believes in me. They get my righteous life, and uh, they get my eternal life that I should have had, and uh, and that was it. <laughs> That's what he sued for. And the idea behind it is to understand that the law points us somewhere. So when Jesus came to bring the law to us, he was like going, look, you heard it was said this. I'm telling you, it's worse. It's worse if you don't forgive them from your heart. You're going to be in trouble. If you get so mad at somebody, it's like committing murder. I mean, Jesus was just blowing them out. They were like, oh, nobody's going to get this right. Exactly. Because they all point to the fulfillment of the law, which was Jesus himself. Again, the first to fulfill the law, the first not to sin against the law, but the first one to die contrary to the law. So he's the first one that broke the power of the law. It's like, wow. Are you trying to tell me that this is all you know, put together? It's all like, like a plan? Okay. Yes. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Just read Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, and have more fun and read Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11, which says that everything is done based on God's plan. Okay. And so what we know is that Jesus was the lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. What do you think that means? From the foundation of the earth. This was in, this was in The Lord knew what Adam and Eve were going to do. The plan was already set. But they still had to do what they had to do. They still had to bear their responsibility for the decisions they made. And so Jesus comes and goes, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna eliminate the law. I'm just gonna show you how without me you is not even not even close. You're not even gonna be close. There'll be no question, you're not gonna get it done. You need my help. And it's just like, wow. Are you trying to tell me that Jesus made everything harder? Yes, he made it harder so that he could make it better. That's all what it is. And so instead of man being like the Pharisees thinking, oh, I'm really righteous. I do have a lot of good works. You know what Isaiah says? All our righteousness is as filthy rags before the eyes of God. Most righteous acts are done with the wrong motives in the heart. It's just the truth. And so what Jesus did is that I'm going to set you free because I'm going to fulfill it for you. And he became our sacrifice. And then when we exercise our faith, we get to connect to the grace given to us by God the Father through the life of Jesus Christ, his Son, and by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And it's like, that is some connection. It's like, yeah, it is. It's kind of cool. All right. What happened when Elijah struck the waters of the River Jordan with his cloak? That is the big question. The answer is the waters divided. I'm just going to give you one little, little tidbit on that. What happened when the children of Israel came to the Red Sea? The waters divided. God testifying often to all of us. All right, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, top of the hour. We'll be back. Please don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ 
and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at year-end indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can, right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? I did what most Christian men would do when they make a mistake. It's their fault. There's nothing but humiliation on your face, and you're trying to recover in the moment. And you know what I did? I blamed it on every possible unseen force except for myself. You have chosen wisely. (laughs) So guess who knocked that uh, crystal light on that white carpet? It was Satan, by golly. Well, it was at that moment because it certainly wasn't my fault. I didn't knock the, the crystal light all over. It was my glass. I did pour it. I did bring it to the table. And somehow fell on the the carpet and spread everywhere and by golly i wasn't going to take the blame for it because that would be taking personal responsibility well i'm not taking personal responsibility after all that 500 dollars deposit we just had that we were hoping to get back when we move out is uh, already down to 200 <laughs> and it was dropping by the dollar as the stuff was spreading <laughs> 